0: Everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sports, and about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together, we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post game show. After way, way after uh, the Winnipeg Jets game against the Dallas Stars, we'll get to that. I one of the reasons this is way after is because I was covering the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Playing against the BC Lions in the West Final, uh, we've got shows that take care of that kind of stuff. Darren Bombing and Bonfire Sports will have uh, taken a lot of uh, you through that, uh, so we don't need to do that. Uh, that's not what we're here for. We're here for uh, post game or post Jets game shows. But I will say this: after going there fourth straight year, uh, or fourth straight, I guess it's broken up by COVID, but fourth straight Grey Cup that the uh, that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be going to. I think it's five straight. Five straight is the record uh, and five straight Grey Cup wins by the 78 to 82 Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, I know that kind of stuff because my father was a massive CFL fan. CFL first uh, ahead of hockey. Uh, He played football growing up, had terrible banged up knees to prove it. Uh, He was an Edmonton Eskimos fan, so I used to hear about that dynasty for years. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in the middle of witnessing a dynasty, regardless of what happens uh, with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, in the Grey Cup. Soak it all in. I, I I love that perspective that Sammy the Scarf brought to our show one of the nights that we had him on where he said, like, just sit back, Winnipeggers. And I know everyone wants our team to win the Stanley Cup. Everyone wants our team to win a championship. But sometimes what you need to do along the way is just kind of enjoy the ride and just think of like what is happening in the moment. If you're a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan, uh, if you're a Winnipeg sports fan, there is like, just soak it all up because it won't always be like this. This is amazing. And beyond that, uh, if you're a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan, give yourself a hearty, hearty pat on the back because boy, oh boy, the the, the class of the CFL, uh, Winnipeg sports Mania is alive and well when you go to Bomber Games. Uh, It is an impressive sight to behold. People are having so much fun. The atmosphere of that place uh, any athlete at any level would be lucky to play in front of that building and those fans. Hat tip uh, to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers organization for building the team that they've built over the years, for building the culture that they've built over the years, the way that those players handle that, and for building something alongside their fans and making their fans part of it to the point that you get what I just uh, witnessed when I was there earlier on tonight. Uh, Great stuff by them. Excellent. Now to the uh, jets game. I'll try and get to it as quickly as I possibly can, because Kenny's waiting in the wings here and he's uh, got a night that he needs to get back to. Uh, But I thought this was, I thought this was an interesting game. Uh, The Winnipeg jets. Um, are a good team ladies and gentlemen i think a game like this tonight even though they lose is a great example that this is a good good team i already uh am at the stage where you know Yes, there's lots to come. I don't see a fall off the way that we saw the Jets absolutely fall off a cliff last year. I don't see that coming from this team this year. It's something that we can discuss. We don't have to do it on this show, but I'm kind of at the stage where I I don't see that happening again. Adam Lowry's leadership, uh, I think, is a big part of that. Uh, You know, I think Blake Wheeler being gone from the room and the different culture in the room probably has a little bit of something to do with that. I think the lessons learned from last year... Um, of them falling off that cliff will have something to do with it and the idea that this team i started the last show off with that the idea that this team bought back into rick bonus after his you know disgusted comments which were clearly taken as an attack by those players to get back on side with what he's doing and be seeing the results i don't see any of that kind of stuff happening again Feel like I need to abandon my uh, my pick at the beginning of the year, where I suggested I thought that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff pictures. Far more likely that I think the Jets end up in third in the Central, which is what Ken Weeb had claimed would happen uh, in this situation. Um, I, I still think the Minnesota Wild are coming. They haven't had the best start to the season they did something similar last year and finished hot uh i'm not you know am like booking anything at this stage but i just take a look at some of the teams that the jets would be competing with for those th- third in the central or seven eighth in the conference uh spots and i just don't think th- those other teams have the teams to get past this Winnipeg jets team give them credit all that said the jets are a really great team but darn the Dallas Stars are a really great team, and I do think this is one of those nights that you know the, the the score clock at the end of it says three two. I thought, you know, from watching that game tonight, the Dallas Stars gave a little bit of a lesson to the Winnipeg Jets. I thought that they were clearly the better team in that game, um, and uh, a lot of lessons to be learned. Something that uh, that was a theme of Scott O'Neill's after the game uh, that we should dive into and you know me if I want to dive into something I want to do it with the man with the best music in the business so it's time to bring him in here everybody let's bring in Kenny Kenny, it's clear one of the two of us was dressed by Frankie (laughs) and the boys. Uh, I'm sure you were earlier in the day. You've moved on with your day, uh, I'm just uh, I'm just jumping out of uh, the work uh, the work train that was going on there. So just good playing to the see role of Superman us, like, today,
1: just playing the role of Superman today. There okay. you
0: go, jumping around wherever I'm needed. It's it's <laughs> yeah. It, our job is a very important job, no doubt to the degree I'd be Superman. But I'll tell you this, I look as good as Superman thanks to Frankie and the boys down at Vittorio Rossi. You want to look like a superhero or just like a regular Winnipeg style hero heading on down to Corden Avenue? Hop into Vittorio Rossi loudly. Proclaim that Kenny and Rennie sent you, and ask for Frankie and the boys. They'll take care of you, and have you looking like well, darn super. I guess is the theme that we've been running with right here. Uh, Ken, good to see you here. I'm going to say this right now and point it out because it's been a topic of conversation before. Ken's wearing the poppy. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not wearing it uh, because. I know that there's like a discussion on whether, like, at 11 o'clock you're supposed to stop wearing it. I'm not, I don't know what's right here, Ken. So, what I think we can do here is you can wear it to make sure that the people who 50, think 50, we got it covered? feel respected, I'll okay. take it off. So, if there's the people out there who are saying that's not the way to do it, I'll do it that way. That way, we can make sure we both have it uh, uh, covered off and the, the, the folks who. Care that deeply, but it will only be offended
1: by one of us
0: in that situation. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I know I uh, used
1: to only do eleven, eleven. But here was my signal today, Sean, at the game during the pregame before the before the anthem. The veterans that were honored were wearing it, so I yeah. think we, you're good until midnight. So yeah, uh, but here you're, let, let's cover it off this way. Um, you know, some folks are only going to be watching it or listening in the morning. So I mean, it, it's tough to tough to touch all the bases here but uh regardless good job getting to both events i mean i did that two years ago and the west final it was on december 5th uh bombers beat the riders and then the jets were playing the leafs and it was a just an awesome december 5th game uh fun day to get to about both it sounded like you know obviously i was writing for the majority of the first quarter and a half uh listened to the second quarter on my drive home and uh, watched the entire second half and yeah, a fun atmosphere. Sounded like it uh just a quick one, Sean. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium? Sounded pretty loud oh on T V. Oh, just like like
0: you should people should be happy to be a part of something like yeah that, right like you should walk away from that game and then when you're 80 years old and you're talking to your kids about the bombers and what they're doing there you should say well hey i was at the 2023 uh western final when that place was absolutely packed and guys were rocking no shirts in the cold and <laughs> it was absolutely i ran into the tsn crew dan and uh, your your old roommate and um your old college roommate and Kevin Sawyer. Uh, Kevin Sawyer and I walked in together. We didn't have our credentials. And because we were late coming from the game, they weren't going to allow us in because the credential guy had already moved down to the field. So I <laughs> sweet-talked our way in there, uh, the two of us. It was great. He went to the rum hut to enjoy the game. I went upstairs to work and and jealously peered down at the rum hut after that. But uh, just, just like, again, Hat, hat tip to Winnipeg as a sports community. The Bombers and hat tip to the Bombers for the connection they've made with their fans. Yeah. Um, the, the BC Lions talked about it afterwards. like it's a good. He's proud that the CFL has a market that has fans like this. And he gave a nod, no doubt, to the BC Lions fans. But let's be serious here. The Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans are the best fans in the entire CFL. They are rabid. They affect the outcome of games. And what a fun atmosphere. Here. Mark that one down. Hold on to the ticket uh, if you if you were there because that's the kind of game you want to prove to people you're at afterwards. Ken, before you move on, I wanted to because people talked a little bit about the poppy. I want to just say this um, while we we're on uh, my my wife's. Uh, grandfather uh, was served in the second world war uh, took injuries that ended up claiming his life a number of years later shortened his lifespan uh, my father-in-law uh, is a very you know like kind of a war historian because of it because you can tell his life was affected by that so you look around I'm in a family that was affected by the war my father-in-law having lost his his father as a very young man because of that uh, is an example of that my grandfather, Herb Poiser from uh, Roblin, Manitoba, also served in the Second World War. He uh, was shot in France, uh, injured. And I always kind of try and such a different time back then, Ken. Uh, the the communication so was so off back then that my grandfather was shot. And my great-great-grandmother, who I met when I was very, very young. I knew her when I was like four or five. And the one thing that I remember is that she was absolutely uh what's the term um like her mind was gone she her mind was absolutely gone right like she was uh age had caught up with her but she was funny and she was definitely a little quirky out of it but um uh she got a uh what do you call them like uh uh what were what were the correspondence back then? You'd letter. rip it open, a letter, but the, a telegram. She <laughs> oh, got a sorry. telegram. Yes, there
1: you go. Better, yeah. From
0: official from the Canadian government that said to her, "Your your son's been shot. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. We have no more information." It was three more weeks. Before she found out that he was still alive and that he was going to make it through it and be okay, my grandfather lived to be ninety. Um, always carried the war with him. Didn't like to talk about it. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before, but I'm the proud uh, uh, offspring down the line of of someone who served in the war, who who you know was shot in the line of duty and injured very very seriously in doing so so when we wear the poppy um i definitely do so with the utmost respect and try to make sure that i'm showing that off i know what our canadian history is and the role that those uh those veterans played uh so i want to make sure that uh, regardless of what we're talking about with me not wearing it thinking it's supposed to go on and you wearing it ken we try to do it to make sure that we are absolutely, absolutely honoring the people that came before us and the people who did these kind of things. Because, you know, I think of my great-grandmother and, like, all the mothers out there and the fathers who saw their sons go off to war and didn't know if they'd come back and these kind of stories. I I can't imagine how hard it would be to know that your child was hurt and not know if they were going to be okay until three weeks afterwards. Those generations went through it, man. And boy, oh boy, do I respect them, have the utmost respect for them and thank them for everything that they've done. And hopefully the way that we've worn our poppies and the things that we've said reflect that.
1: Yeah. Thanks to everyone for their service, uh, you know, past, present and future. Um, Pretty... Pretty simple. Uh, we live in a great country, uh, and we're fortunate to have the, the freedom that we do because of all those who have served and are serving. So, thank you definitely for your service. So, no, yeah,
0: Ken. Sorry to uh, to put you in
1: that no, spot, okay. but can
0: we transition from that and you get into what uh, what you saw from the game here tonight?
1: Sure. Yeah, great sports day all around. Uh, I would say that, as you mentioned, I, I think the. The biggest thing that we we take out of today's hockey game is that there was a lesson already learned. Uh, Brendan Dillon talked about it wasn't just Scott O'Neill. Uh, Brendan Dillon very forthcoming in his uh, post game remarks. Sean especially, you know, to the question that you asked him, and you know, later on, I, I thought that 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 whole thing about you know not wanting to kind of get caught in the trap in a game that your your t- your patience is definitely tested by the opponent. Uh, we know that the you know the Dallas Stars play a quite suffocating style. They're very stingy defensively. They don't give up a lot. They don't give up a lot on the rush. Uh, puck management is so incredibly important against a team like that. Obviously, special teams were the difference maker today. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a, a game where yeah, I mean, people will be disappointed, but. Uh, In a measuring stick type of game, to go toe-to-toe with the team that's leading the Central Division uh, is an important step for the Jets. I think it was easy to identify some of the areas of improvement. Um, I love the way that Scott O'Neill talked post-game about, you know, those veteran teams kind of, they can sort of suck you into playing their style. Uh, And Sean, in a lot of ways, you and I discussed this during the first intermission. I mean, the the Stars did to the Jets what the Jets have been doing to teams like the Arizona Coyotes, the St. Louis Blues, uh, the Nashville Predators, sort of forcing their opponents into making mistakes. And this is the thing. The the Jets didn't play poorly. Uh, There just were a couple of critical errors that ended up in the back of their net. Um, Their special teams couldn't couldn't bail them out. Um, And on another night, I mean... Connor Hellebuck was human again today. He wasn't uh, all-world Connor Hellebuck. This is, again, not pinning this on the goaltending, but, you know, Connor just played okay. He didn't play great. And, and that's a game where the Jets were facing their opponent's backup, and they didn't get the win. So, I mean, that's going to go down as a bit of a missed opportunity, but it's something that they will be able to take forward with them. Uh, I love the way that Cole Perfetti... I mean, we'll get... I don't want to spend too much time at the buffet on this topic, but we'll come back to it, Sean, The maturity level of Cole Perfetti is simply something to behold. Uh, His answer to my question about what happened on the the shorthanded goal was absolutely remarkable for someone with so little NHL experience. Um, And again, when I asked that question, just so that people know, I'm not pointing the finger at Cole, but Cole's the only one who can describe what happened in that scenario when Jamie Benn and Wyatt Johnston are converging on him and his ability to process what happened in the moment and to already know what he would do next time is incredible maturity for a player at his age and Scott O'Neill was also quick to point out that it wasn't necessarily only Cole like they they put him in a tough they put him in a tough spot by how the puck came to him on the boards with two players converging on him so uh, I loved what he said. I love that he's already knows what he's going to do the next time he gets put in that spot. Um, and, you know, they'll go from there. I mean, you know, Larry, Connor Hellbuck needs to play better. This is what I'm saying. You know, that's no one's trying to pretend like that's not the case. He's not an eight five million player today. That's not what he's making this year. I understand what you're saying. Connor Hellbuck has not been Superman this year. He had three great games in a row. Outside of that, he has been fairly pedestrian this year. You know, team could play better in front of him, sure, but right now Connor's not playing his best.
0: No doubt. Um, sorry, did you want to continue with the point you were making before you got sidetracked there?
1: Sorry, I didn't get. it looked like my screen was freezing. So uh, outside of that, I mean, the Jets played a solid game. They had you know puck on their stick, um, and you know. Scott Wedgwood made an outstanding save on Vladislav Nemesnikov. Sean, shorthanded. Morgan Barron makes a mad dash down the right wing. That's a play that if it's converted, that's a tie hockey game, right? I mean, but you give Scott Wedgwood credit. He makes the big save there, and that is the difference in this hockey game. So, I mean, it's not to say, um, you know, Connor got outplayed by the backup, but tonight the backup was very good, and Connor was just mediocre so and we know that he has the ability to be a difference maker Um, that is the difference I mean the stars were better defensively than the Jets but um, you know right now I I don't think that we're speaking out of school here Um, Connor needs to play better his his save percentage is still sub 900 this is a guy who is a Vesna caliber goaltender you know right now he's not playing at that level I expect him to turn things around and get it going that that's what Connor Hellebuck does Um, but right now, I mean, we learned that the Dallas stars have one of the best defensive hockey teams in the NHL and that allows their goaltender, whether it's Jake Ottinger, who's off to an outstanding start or Scott Wedgwood to be in a good spot. And they put their goalies in a good spot and their goalies are playing very well. So, uh, Tracy O'Kranek asks, does Hellebuck have an injury? I can't imagine the Jets have rolled out Connor Hellebuck for 11 out of 14 starts. If he's not fully healthy, that 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 wouldn't be something that the jets would be doing um you know outside of that I a couple things stood out for me sean uh i thought Nikolai healers had one of his better games i thought um, he was
0: the best jet tonight
1: yeah that's what i mean I so he was the best
0: Jet. Yeah. he was
1: moving his feet the way that we're used to him seeing um he set up cole perfetti for a couple dynamite chances in the hockey game um i really liked his you know ability to get his you know feet moving with the puck and his stick. He does things at speed that are impressive. And today he was doing those things that we're used to seeing. Um, you know, I thought that, you know, Mark Scheifele's line was out there on the ice for the Brandon Dillon goal, which was his fourth and four games. Um, you know, they did, they did they play as great as they would when they put up 10 points in consecutive games? No, but you can't count on the Jets to do that every night. And uh, I think that their ability to learn... Um, you know, what it's going to take to play against teams like Dallas, like Vegas, like the LA Kings. If you want to be in that, if you want to be in that weight class, you're going to have to improve certain parts of your game. And right now the Jets know what those things are. I love that they're, you know, Scott O'Neill pointed this out at the, at the podium, Sean, the, they've, Twice against Vegas, once against LA, once against Dallas. You're not getting into a run and gun game against them. It's not going to be a track meet, so that means you're going to have to dig in. And I thought the Jets did a way better job of digging in in the second and third periods, and they made it a good hockey game. I mean, you know, wasn't a, this was not a dominant performance by the Dallas Stars where they ground the Jets into the ice and you know squeezed them into submission, but they did do what they do, and they made it hard on the Jets, and ultimately the Jets fell one game short. So uh, it's a valuable lesson for them. Like it's, They've had two regulation losses in 10 games. So um, the folks going wild saying, oh, the Jets can't play with these top teams, that, that's simply not true. Uh, but they still have room to grow, and, and that's what the season's about. That's why you learn a lot about your team in the first quarter, and we're also going to learn a ton about the Jets in the second quarter, and then we're going to learn about them in the third, and then we're going to learn about them down the stretch because it gets harder the, the next time you flip the calendar, it's only getting harder. Um, I think I see
0: the game a little bit different than you do in the way that, like, I, I I walk away from this game, and I think that solidly Dallas showed me that they were the better team. For sure tonight. they were
1: the better team, and I'm not disputing that. I just don't think like, that it was oh, a clear-cut oh, game. I, I do. I
0: do. I do think it was a clear-cut game. Oh, like, I, I, I take a look at this situation. It was three-one. I don't really think that Dallas walked in and played their A game, right? Like I don't think they 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 never really looked uh, t- tired to me. They never really looked like they were overly stressed. You know, they were up three to one. A lot of situations. That, that I, I mean, the one thing I take a look at in this game is, and, and the one thing that I may be a little bit concerned about if I'm the Winnipeg Jets. So. What happened to the Jets tonight is the Jets usually try to, like, pressure, pressure, pressure the other team, and they've broken a lot of teams doing that. Scott Arneal talked about it after the game, the younger teams, right, the, that led to, like, you know, run and gun a little bit. Those are the teams that the Jets have been breaking. Then they ran into a team tonight that was kind of doing back to them what the Jets do to other teams. I thought the Jets had a little bit of a problem with it, but I thought there was a bit of an evenness with the two teams in the way that they pressured. The difference between those teams, the way that I saw it was – uh, Dallas generates their offense by getting in, grinding, finding tiny little passing lanes and just constantly pushing, pushing, pushing the puck to the middle of the ice and then scoring. So I know someone was talking about how the Jets defense they thought had messed it up on that Duchesne goal, which was the power play goal. But a, like you get you give a team enough chances to push, push, push the puck to the middle of the night. It's going to end up there. The Jets generated how they have for a lot of the year mostly off the rush, right? Like we saw so many off the rush chances from that team. The one thing that I get concerned about with that is we know that off the rush chances start to disappear the closer you get to the playoffs. So the one thing I think about that is like, it felt like it felt like Dallas's offense was a more confident offense to me. And yet, despite the fact they ground so well, I, I feel like the Dallas. Oh, now I'm not saying the Winnipeg Jets played their best game. I just think that if you play that game, you know, 10 more times, I think the Dallas Stars win that game nine out of 10 times, right? It, most games it can switch and it can go the other way. Uh, I don't see this as a game that, that like the jet that seeing eye puck, it's a nice shot. Uh, Scott Wedgwood doesn't see it. It goes in because there's traffic in front of the net. Uh, so that gets them close. But to me, this is a score effects game towards the end of it. You could see that the Dallas stars were willing to sit back and just toss the puck down the ice over and over. But you know, anyone who just looks and says, Oh, well the difference is the the real Winnipeg jets showed up in the third period. And that, you know, that, game goes another period they're going to win that that's a score effects game and jets fans should get that because everyone's always asking well why did the winnipeg jets blow their lead against the new york rangers why did they blow that lead against the montreal canadians and we have people in the show asking all the time why are the jets blowing leads like this well it's score effects what happens is the other team abandons their defensive style of game and pours everything on the jets are really good when they do that. Right. But the jets had an entire period of pouring it on where the Dallas stars were sitting back. So yet at one point in that game, when those two teams were playing their style of game, the Dallas stars were up in the game. They were getting more chances and they were grossly outshooting the Winnipeg Jets. The final tally is 33 shots to 30 for the Winnipeg jets, which I think is going to tempt some people to say in the end, you know, the jets were the better team the Jets had to push, had to go all out in, in, in a way that they would not have were it a one, one game. So to me, that's a score effects game, the same as it was a score effects game that the Montreal Canadians got back in it against the Winnipeg Jets. So, I, I don't think you can have it both ways. Like the, the, the Jets the Jets lost those games and people want to be upset with them blowing leads. Well, you blow leads because the other team abandons everything. And, and sometimes they come back and win. Other times what happens is it's a game like the St. Louis Blues or the Nashville Predators where they kind of abandon their defensive structure and try and push back and those are the games that if they don't get over the hump, they get broken. It ends up being a 6-3 win or a 5-2 win, right? But if it works, it ends up they come back and they they beat the Jets in overtime since we've seen that before. The third period is, to me, not a reflection of what these two teams' games look like. And so my takeaway from that is the Dallas Stars walked in with their game. The Winnipeg Jets walked in with their game. The Winnipeg Jets were so used to just overwhelming these young up-and-coming run-and-gun teams, like Scott Arneal had said after the game, and they ran into a team that was like, uh-uh, we're going to do it right back to you. And I think the Dallas Stars were better able to handle the situation than the Winnipeg Jets were in this game. They looked like a more mature team to me in that situation. So I don't look at this as being like a, a as even a game as the score suggests. To me, the Dallas Stars were going to win this game one way or another. Tonight, it didn't ever look like it was in question tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, special teams was the separator. At 5-on-5, the game was pretty even. Now, do I think that Dallas was in fair control? Sure, but, I mean, 5-on-5, high danger chances were 5-4 Jets. Expected goals were similar. I I do agree that I think Dallas did a better job of playing its style. But I don't think that the Jets got ran out of the rink by any stretch. And I, I, did, and I, I know you didn't so. say
0: that. I, and I, I just think there was a confidence to, uh, to uh, um, Dallas' game that isn't there yet in the Jets game. I don't think it's hard for the Jets to get there. I just think that, that, that there is a a solidness in their game with the with the Dallas Stars that, that it maybe exposed a little bit the Winnipeg Jets, uh, especially at the start of the game there. That second period push that we're usually used to from the Winnipeg Jets where they come out in the second period and run over, that didn't materialize tonight. I think that just got snuffed out like the what ha- I guess another way to put this is, you know, those long stretches of the game where the Jets just absolutely roll over the other team, and the other team looks hopeless. Like that, that wasn't happening tonight. And even when they made their push in the last ten minutes of the game, you could see every once in a while Dallas would bring it down and they control it. And and they're not trying to outskill the Jets at that point. They're just calmly getting the puck down the ice and floating it down. I just that. that the Jets ran into something they. they ha- other than, I guess, you know, it was brought up other than that L.A. Kings game, um, and I don't think it was quite the same in the Vegas Golden Knights games, but Scott Arneal sees it that way. But I feel like the, the Jets ran into something tonight that they weren't running into against the Arizona Coyotes or the St. Louis Blues or the Nashville Predators.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just would counter that the, the Jets, even though I agree, Dallas played its style better, but it's not like, Connor, it wasn't leading to chances. It, they weren't getting peppered in that situation. For me, this is the Jets made a critical error on a turnover on a you know, goal by Wyatt Johnson shorthanded. And you know the first goal by Harley, I didn't like the way that Hellbuck played it. He didn't get reset. He was kind of down on the initial shot by Suter. He didn't really get reset. And the power play goal by Duchesne is a brilliant pass by Wyatt Johnston. But the goal comes basically with one second in the penalty to Brendan Dillon, and Sean, I've, I've looked at the replay five or six times. I, 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 they had four guys surrounding him. None of them were covering Matt Duchesne. I think that's why Scott O'Neill was so disappointed. Uh, of course, you tip your hat to the pass. The pass is brilliant on the back end by Johnston. But one of those four guys has to have Matt Duchesne's stick. You could have thrown a blanket around the four penalty killers and that's just a breakdown in structure that can't happen so it wasn't like they were peppering him that entire power play and they just finally overwhelmed them and got one i I think honestly the stars were just a little bit more opportunistic than the jets in this game um you know jets did some good things well important goal by cole perfetti getting to the net extending his personal point streak to six games and at the end of the day it's a one-shot hockey game but I, I, I'm not disputing that the Stars played better. Right now the Stars are in an interesting spot. They went The Stars remind me of the 2019-20 Jets, Sean. And I talked with Peter DeBoer yesterday after the Stars practiced in town and he talked about the fact that he, you know, this team is rolling out of the gate in first place in the Central and he called their game entitled. He thought that they were just kind of showing up sort of throwing your sticks in the middle and expecting to win. So, to me, this was a game where they were challenged by their head coach to be crisper, and they were crisper. They were the better team. Uh, I just think it was maybe a closer game. And again, we're not here saying, you know, good job by the Jets, moral victory, you you hung around. That's not what we're saying. Uh, I just don't think that the Jets were that far off in the game. And, you know, they have work to do. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks. I would say the encouraging part for the Jets, their second line played probably it's for best game of the year. Uh, Not just because Perfetti got the goal. We talked earlier. Ehlers, very good. Nemesnikov was involved. Um, You know, a couple more, you know, untimely penalties here and there, but... You know, there was a lot for the Jets to build on, I would say, in that game. But yeah, I mean, the Stars look like a team that went to the conference final last year, and that's what those teams look like. But now they got to find the juice to be at that level a lot because, you know, Jake Ottinger told me yesterday, the Dallas Stars are not sneaking up on teams. They are a legit Stanley Cup contender, and if the Jets want to be a Stanley Cup contender, they're going to need to elevate their game to where teams like L.A., Vegas, uh, you know, dallas are at right now because those teams are are playing well and you know we expect colorado to be a very dangerous team in this division sean they're getting the doors blown off by the st louis blues tonight which is a bit of a surprise based on what we saw from st louis earlier this week but you know that's the beauty of the central division
0: yeah um sorry it sounded like you were going to say more um hey can give sweet louis shout out before we move on
1: yeah, for folks who have uh, realty me- needs they would like to have met, whether you're buying, whether you're selling, whether you're curious about what the house on the corner might be going for, uh, you should contact our good friend Lou Ferlin of Royal Page Dynamic Realty. Oh, what did I do there, Sean? What, what am I doing? What are you doing? Sir? Yeah, what's going I on I had here? you all teed up and everything. Yeah, good job, oh. good job. Uh, 204-791-9971. Or at the office two zero four nine eight nine five thousand. His email is Lou Ferlin or Lou at That's Lou That's L O U at L O U F U R L A N dot ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast.
0: I think Ken just earned the pristine wake up call of the game right oh, there. by Oh man! Switch. Okay, yeah. it wasn't
1: on a switch. It was uh, you know <laughs> just trying to Either line way. things up. You earned it. I'm handing it over okay, to you. Okay, uh, well. Roofing, wake
0: up at the game, because i get be A little, little
1: frisky uh, after a doubleheader <laughs> today. Hey, a little frisky today uh, after a doubleheader. I
0: for an example in the game, I couldn't come up with something where it was just like, man, what are you doing? And that moment is it for me right there. That's all I needed. I smelt blood in the water, and I pounced on it. So, hey, if uh, not blood in the water, but if you're seeing water in your uh, e- eaves or not in your eaves or slinking <laughs> into the roof, all those different kind of things, you know what to do, give... North End Rick, the pristine wake up call 1204 981 6289. You all know North End Rick, you see him in the chat room. He's the guy you call to get pristine roofing down there to ha- take a look at all your roofing, siding, and exterior needs. If you don't want to call North End Rick, or if you feel bad about waking them up right now at 1103 at night, you shouldn't. But if you do, you can always call pristine roofing during business hours at 1204 237 7663. I wanted to go through one of the things that we like to do uh, in this podcast is kind kind give a little bit of the, uh, the okay, the the journalistic background, the process, right? So I'm going to do that in a moment right here. Uh, I know that I got a, a message from Shane uh, earlier on in the show. Um, okay. Shane Watson, who's been to a number of our live events, a uh, guy who's been tuning in for a long time, and he'd said uh, Dallas is doing to the Jets uh, what the Jets do to other teams. I thought that was bang on. I think that's maybe a good way of getting to this. The one thing I was thinking during the the game was, I thought the Jets, especially in the the, the beginning of the game, when I think the shots were like seven one at some point or something. they were, yeah. That. I thought the Jets were getting a taste of their own medicine is how I would have put it. And so this is how, like, I'll tell you my journalistic process. After that's happening, I'm kind of thinking as that's going on there because the Jets are winning certain games against, I thought their, their three previous wins. had all looked very, very similar. Uh, They broke teams. They broke them with this aggressive style and it just, they weren't able to get that sustained aggression against this team here tonight. And I had thought, you know, the Jets were feeling for good swaths swath of that game, the way the Jets had made other teams uh, feel. So I'd gone and I'd asked Scott Arneal about that. And so uh, so this is the process. I mean, I see that. And who's the guy to go talk to about it? I don't necessarily think it's the players. You go to the coach and you ask them about that. And I wondered if there wasn't a little bit of a, hey, let's call this the pristine roofing wake-up call. I don't think it's drastic. But I do think there was a little bit to the Jets here tonight that, hey, how you've been doing this to other teams and just carrying the momentum of games the way that they were. You can't expect to go through the entire season doing that, right? You can't be that team that's just steamrolling teams nonstop. It just. There's very few teams in the history of the game that have been like that. And I think like, hey, if you think that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be that this year, here's your pristine roofing wake up call. That's not what's going to happen. They don't have a roster that is so far ahead of everyone else in the league that it would be like that. So I thought I was wondering tonight about like if you're the Jets, what you take away from the idea that you've just pummeled the three previous teams. Uh, and then you walk into a game like that. And and now you've got to try and figure out a way to win a game where you're not just steamrolling the other team. Now you've got to find a way to be the team that's got steamrolled a little bit and find a different way to get around that. So I'd asked Scott Arneal about the idea of there being a lesson in that. Uh, I thought his answer was great, Ken. Just basically, I thought what I took away from that, you touched on it a little bit there. But it, it, again, it goes back to the idea that I don't think... That like I think that the, the Dallas Stars were clearly the better team in this game. I'm not saying it's a bad game by the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not saying they can't get to that level. But I, I see the game a little bit different than yourself and maybe a lot of people in the chat room. But I thought that the Dallas Stars were the class of that game. I thought by his comments that Scott Arneal thought the same thing and that Scott Arneal talked about... This game, but also the two games against the Vegas Golden Knights, and of course, that game against the LA Kings, where the Jets were, there's a lesson to be learned in that, right? Like, those are games you're going against those teams where, where Scott Arneal, and, and this is the heart of it, I think. Scott Arneal says, like, that team is not going to just let you play your game. Right. The Arizona Coyotes at some point just allowed the Winnipeg Jets or couldn't stop the Winnipeg Jets from playing their game. I thought the same thing has happened in the two games against St. Louis. I thought that happened against Nashville as well. I think it's happened in a number of the Jets wins this year and even a couple of their losses. But the four games that he brought up, the L.A. Kings game, the two against Vegas and the one tonight, uh, or excuse excuse me, today against the Dallas Stars. I think the message coming out of that from their head coaches, like if you think that you're just going to get in there and be able to dominate this team all night and win the game, that's not what's going to happen. This team is too good. They will not allow you to do that. Now, that doesn't mean we can't beat them. It just means we need to beat them in a different way. We need to we need to allow ourselves to lose portions of the game, but come back and go in there. I thought the Jets try, tried to do it. It's funny you think that the that um, that the. Uh, stars were the more opportunistic of the two teams I thought the stars were fairly consistent in the chances they generated and in the way they generated their chances and it was the Jets who like boom pop all of a sudden the puck's coming out and it's an odd man rush going the other way and they're almost getting an opportunity the Vladim- Vladislav Nemestikov play is one of those the Cole Perfetti breakaway is one of those the Jets I thought were the far more of the two opportunistic teams and Hey, maybe that's how you get your way back into a game. I don't think you can count on that, though. And I thought the interesting part about that uh, from, like, you know, seeing what I saw there and asking the head coach about it, I thought that it was a really interesting take from Scott Arneal, who I took away from it. Ken, maybe you'll take away something different. You can weigh in on it. But I thought the takeaway that he had from that is, like, we need to be prepared to go up against these teams because we've lost against the four of them. We need to be prepared to go up against those teams, realize that they're not just going to let us play Winnipeg Jets hockey all night, that we're going to have to play a little bit of their style, a little bit of our style and find a way to come out on top. And I think that he's pointed out that those, you know, those four games are examples that the Jets just haven't been able to get there yet.
1: Well, here is a direct quote. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. They're another veteran team, Arneel said, a big veteran team. They're not going to give you a lot of room to play a wide open skilled game they're going to make you earn every inch of your ice and we saw a lot of that i thought the first two periods we turned some pucks over on sort of soft plays into the middle of the ice whether it was on our in our own end or in the neutral zone or even the offensive zone they're a veteran group that are willing to or that are waiting for you to make mistakes and we made it on the penalty kill or the power play or even the one five on five so it's a lesson to be learned so i mean yeah i mean they they didn't have their a plus game um, you know, that's the kind of playoff game the teams want. To, will will have to learn how to win if they want to go four rounds, let alone one round. So, uh, lessons to be learned. But I mean, all I mean is I just didn't. I, I just didn't see the stars peppering. Connor hellebuck because i I don't have a ton of great options in terms of save of the game so um anyways it's it was a fun hockey game to watch uh you know the first period was a bit flat both teams it was like you said wide disparity for the stars a lot of that was on the power play the jets got their own power play and all of a sudden the shots were even so um you know second period stars took advantage of a couple of important opportunities after kind of you know in you know in they just, they just sort of willed their way into to to being a better team. But I mean, I didn't think it was a, they didn't mop the Jets or anything. And I know that's not what you're saying. I, I, they just played a steady game and the Jets made a couple of mistakes that hurt them. And, and those are the things that they are going to need to clean up. And those are the things that they'll have to clean up as they continue to move along. Because, you know, Tuesday they're playing another good team. They're playing the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and even though the Devils have been a little bit up and down this year, they're a Stanley Cup contender in the eyes of many and, They play a pretty wide-open game. They play a different style. They'll play a little bit more of a a wide-open game. So now we're going to test those theories again. Now can the Jets force them into making errors, or or what will New Jersey do? It'll it'll be a fun game on Tuesday also.
0: I think Schickster is just, uh, I don't know if he's, countering what I'm saying, but he's kind of perfectly making the point of what I'm saying when he says, we didn't get caved in by the stars. Yeah, they were better, but overall, we did well enough and saw what the next level will be. Like This is what I'm saying, and I said it off the top of the show. I think that this is a good game for the Winnipeg Jets because they didn't fold under the pressure that was created there. I just think this is laid out in front of them. I think this is a better example. Like You're taking a look at what happened in that LA game when they got pushed back against a team that wasn't isn't going to allow them to just roll over them. And they broke in that game, just like they broke a number of teams recently. I think they broke in that game. And I think against the, uh, uh, they were able to carry the play more in those other games against the golden Knights. So uh, I take a look at those golden Knights games and I just think that, that it's a skill difference in that game. Like a depth of that lineup is what came out ahead of that. This to me is more like that LA game. And I just, I like their response more. So Let me try and make this clear because there are certain people like MB Ball Hockey seems like he's entirely missing everything I'm saying here over and over and over again. So maybe I'm not making myself clear. Some people like Schickster seem to be getting it. Some people are entirely missing the mark on this. This is a game, I think, and I'll say it clearly. The Dallas Stars, I think, were the better team. I think entirely they win the game. Nine times out of 10, when you factor in bounces and all those things, because I think their style of game, they executed it better. They're the better team. But Schickster nails it here again when he says, Yeah, they were better, but overall, we did well enough and saw what next level would be. You're not winning the Stanley Cup here today. The Winnipeg Jets are taking a look and seeing what the upper crust looks like, right? They got to look at it against the LA Kings. They got to look at it against the Vegas Golden Knights. They got to look at it against the Dallas Stars. Four games that they lost this year. What we're seeing from the Winnipeg Jets, because what is this? Their sixth loss of the year, Ken?
1: Fifth. Fifth, fifth? fifth outright loss? Fifth, yeah. So, so
0: so, here we are. Basically, what we're seeing from the Winnipeg Jets is for the most part, they are beating the teams other than the upper crust. But the upper crust of the league, they're not necessarily getting past. Another upper crust team, the, the New York Rangers, they took them to the wall, but the Rangers end up coming out on top in that game. The point of what we're talking about here is the Jets are right there. And that's, I guess, what I'm trying to get across here. I don't think they're at that level yet. I think the fact that they keep losing to those teams tells us that they're not there. But I like their reaction in this game. I like that they don't break. I like that they push back. I like that as they pour it on in the third period, they almost get themselves back into this game. But I think the important part about this game is it's a benchmark that they're looking at. This is a measuring stick game, and they're not quite tall enough to ride the ride yet but they are right there and they're looking at themselves and they're thinking drink a little bit more milk and i'm going to be right there i think this is a game to be happy with if you're the winnipeg jets but i think it's also a game that they need to seriously take a look at themselves and say we're not quite that level yet but we're not far off and there's a lot of growing to be done out of this season i think you walk away from this game and you take there's a lot of tape out of that you can take There's a lot of learning to be done. I think this is a good day for the Winnipeg Jets, even though it's a loss against a team that they're chasing. Uh, Hey, the Jets would have jumped into first place in the Central Division today if they would have won that game. So you can look at this and be shattered by that, or you could look at this and say it's a good stepping stone on the way to doing something special if that's what they're trying to do. Um, Ken, let's uh, touch on... um, uh, uh, Brendan Dillon, uh, his offense, and why Brendan Dillon's offense, four goals in his last four games, isn't necessarily a fluke or just a case of the puck going in the net?
1: Yeah, I mean, Brendan Dillon was you know, showing off his trademark sense of humor You know, when I asked him about the scoring in different ways. You know, you have Big Clapper the other day uh, against Carol Vomelka. Today of the uh, seeing eye dog, as Scott O'Neill called it, uh, the, the point shot through traffic. Great job by Alex Follow in front of the net. Uh, But, you know, Scott O'Neill said it pretty simply. He he said, you can't just get the puck on your stick and play it like a hot potato, essentially, is what he was saying. Don't just dump it down low. Try to be part. We ask you to be part of the defense and the defensive structure. We ask you to be part of the breakout. So be part of the offense. Show me that you can do something uh, to contribute, whether that's coming off the wall and getting a quick shot off or getting off a big slapper to try to create chaos, um, you know, Brennan Dillon's not going to be the kind of guy who's, you know, using his speed and skating ability like Josh Morrissey to, to get involved and to have nine shot attempts in the game like he had today, but Brennan Dillon knows what he can do offensively, even though he's usually been the support guy on his pairing uh, in terms of being the defensive uh, conscience and, you know, chipping in offensively when you can, and Brennan Dillon's not going to just start cheating for offense uh, because he's got four goals in the last four games here. Uh, But he is showing that he can contribute offensively, much like you touched on it with Scott O'Neill after the game, much like Dylan DeMello last year, uh, finding a way to contribute his best offensive season. When when you're encouraged by a coach to get involved, it allows the players to have a little bit more freedom and to not be worried if you do get involved offensively and maybe something happens going the other way. Um, you know, I love what I'm seeing from Brendan Dillon and we both talked about it. He had kind of a bit of an uneven start to the season. Uh, he yeah. seems to be settled in right now. He's been very physical. Uh, this was another game, Sean, where Brendan Dillon had five hits, two shots on net. Um, you know, 14.47 of ice time. I thought he was he was pretty solid again out there today. So um, I, I like what I'm seeing from him, the defense core as a whole. I think there are definitely signs of improvement. Um, but but right now, I think, I mean, we saw, you know, again, just in terms of what the Jets are trying to get to, Sean, I mean, Yanni Hawkenpaw is a very physical force out there for the Dallas Stars. Good penalty killer, leans on you. If you go to the net, you're going to pay. I mean, you know, Miro Haskinen, I, I I think he's back in that Norris conversation. Didn't have his best game today. Still played 27 minutes, 22 seconds, had six shot attempts. Uh, one of the best defensive skaters in the NHL. So, um, But, you know, the Jets are trying to get to that that level as a defense core. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can get there. I, I've seen them take some strides, but they, they're still going to need to be better as a five-man unit. Uh, not the six defensemen, but they'll have to improve their games also. But um, I, I like what I'm seeing from the defense, defense core as a whole. Brendan Dillon's doing an excellent job on that front. Uh, obviously, Josh Morrissey is leading the charge back there like usual. I mean, five shots on goal, nine attempts today. Uh, but it's not just you know Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk chipping in offensively. It's sort of the group uh, by committee. And that's what the Jets are going to need uh, because... They needed more offense from the defense. It was a priority for Rick Bonus and his coaching staff when he got the job, and they've proven to be able to take their game to another level.
0: Um, I, I love what's happened here with the coaching staff, and you touched a little bit on it there. The idea of, like... You know, you need to help. You can't just be a dead spot in the offensive yeah. zone and how that's creating things. I wonder you touched on the idea of Brendan Dillon having a little bit of a rocky start to the season. And I've touched a little bit on the, you know, the aggression versus uh passivity kind of angle of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm wondering if what we are seeing Brendan Dillon do, because the Dylan DeMello last year where he had a career best year offensively and his mindset, he told me at a time where I thought was really interesting, was like, listen, he knew Josh was going for it that year. He knew Josh was trying to turn himself into one of the top end, top 10 defensemen in the NHL and get the puck down. He said, one defenseman can't do that alone. If, that, if your partner is going to be a high-scoring defenseman, you have to contribute to that. So you have to make sure that the the defense is respecting you enough to try and take away your shots and your scoring opportunities that it opens up ice for the guy beside you. So it seems like Josh better than anyone on the Winnipeg Jets got the memo last year that the coaching staff wanted the defense to get more involved. I think by extension of that, Dylan DeMello got it as well. Um, Neil Pionk, I'm actually kind of surprised. I that was going to ask your opinion on that, Ken. The idea that on, on a team where – coaches are trying to get more out of their defense offensively. He was a guy who's shown in years past that there was a level that he could get to. I thought maybe he's a guy who should get back to that. We haven't necessarily seen it. But it seems to me that Brendan Dillon has always been a very like stay at home defensive kind of guy. Right. And then all of a sudden he's got these coaches who are asking him to do more. And I think it's finally this year he kind of is clicking into that. And I wonder if the I wonder if what we were seeing for the first ten games for him where he was a little bit up and down was the first actual road test in the NHL at NHL speed of him trying out his offensive game and maybe getting caught in a couple of spots, but learning as he got caught in a couple of spots. So he's got to the point now where he's he's finding it offensively. You know, I, I I asked him that question that way to say, like, listen, you know, you may just want to say that puck had eyes tonight. And, yes, the puck's going in the net for you. But he, he'd created a really good opportunity for himself earlier in the game that Scott Wedgwood made a great save. So he's getting opportunities. One goes in. And these last three games that he's played, it's not like he's scoring on every single chance he gets. He's getting great opportunities that yep. he's getting stopped on as well. This isn't a fluke. This is Brendan Dillon has gone out and found a way to create offense for himself that I don't think he's really done before this in his career. That comes from a coaching staff that has wanted it's wanted to open up offense for its forwards by having more offense coming from the defense. And I just think it's fascinating. If you would have said two years ago that Rick bonus was going to come in and his coaching staff, and they were going to turn, Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello into more offensive defensemen. These guys are two of the most defensive guys in the entire NHL who've made their careers off just being like steady and capable on the back end like round of applause to the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff for their ability to transition and turn these players into more offensive versions of themselves. It's not easy to do, especially at this age in their career. A lot of times those players are who they are by that point. The Winnipeg Jets coaching staff had a vision that included making these guys more offensive and we're seeing it happen. Uh, And I want to throw a shout out to Cambrian credit union just for, you want to talk about solutions uh, that, that to problems that you know maybe you didn't know existed. You got a great story from Stacy about Cambrian and how they helped you guys solve a problem down the stretch, Ken.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we had a with a U.S. property that uh, that we owned with a couple of friends here. That's where we are tonight. Uh, the CRA needed some paperwork and uh, the good folks at Cambrian were able to uh, go out of their way to, to make sure Stacy was able to get that paperwork over to the good folks at CRA uh, and we were very appreciative of that, that's for sure
0: uh no doubt so Another give a great example. I mean, not, not only are they doing that but of course they i mean just the steadiness of their banking and what they do here with their sponsorships donations in 2021 committed 280 thousand dollars in mm-hmm. donations and hundred and sixty thousand dollars in sponsorships just absolutely tied up in the community they're doing great work ken we're running out of time here so let's get to it uh what is your keg save of the game my friend
1: yeah definitely i mean we touched on it earlier wedgwood on Vladislav Domestikov, to me is the save of the game. Great pass by Morgan Barron, um, you know, and a great shot. And this wasn't this wasn't a this wasn't a this wasn't a thing where he shot him in the pillows. Like this, basically, Wedgwood stretched out as far as he could, and the right skate slash pad uh, got over there and prevented the shorthanded goal from tying up the game. So, uh, to me, that was the best save of the game.
0: Uh, okay. You're you're keeping it tight here tonight, Ken. Great job. Uh, let me just get this uh, comment off the screen. I wanted to run the board here. Uh, hey, all you out there, uh, Ken just saved with you his keg save of the game. You should do the same thing. Why? Well, if you do, uh, one, you get to you know have your 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 uh, opinion peer reviewed here in our chat room, which is all ideas should be put through the test of fire and there's no test of fire like throwing something out into the KNR chat room but another reason you should do it is because if you do do it you're automatically entered to win a $50 gift certificate to one of the 3 Keg locations here in the city of Winnipeg uh, they're making it rain this year and they're making it rain today from our last show for uh Steph Ballingall so there oh, you go there you another go, KR regular at the party Steph Ballingall's number was called tonight and she i saw her in the chat room earlier on steph you've won a $50 to we'll get to the keg you know what to do you've done it before direct message me at sn sean reynolds send me your full name which i know and your email which i probably have but you got to send it to me anyway and i will send you your 50 dollars gift certificate for use at one of the three fine keg locations in the city of winnipeg here each more beautiful than the last congratulations steph
1: uh do your thing and now let's move on to the tcb lamplighter ken who do you got yeah, you know what, for me, uh, it's going to be the Perfetti goal. Uh, obviously, you know, honorable mention to Brendan Dillon, who is on fire with four goals in four games. Uh, but for me, the fact that Perfetti scored the goal just over three minutes after making the turnover uh, along the boards that led to that Will John- or, uh, sorry, Wyatt Johnston shorty, for me, uh, a lot of things on that play. Great, great response by Perfetti great job getting to the blue paint and great finish at a time where the Jets really needed uh, something from him um, you know he's been doing a great job up to you know four goals himself here uh, since moving to the wing he's been absolutely great and the Jets need him to be great and you know as Brennan Dillon pointed out um, he's you know Sean we talked about this from the very beginning Cole Perfetti isn't asked to be a complimentary player anymore they're asking him to be a primary scorer and yeah. right now he has been that. I think he's up to 11 points now, fourth on the team in scoring and he's doing an ex- excellent job on that front. So um Yeah, so it's impressive. <laughs> sorry, okay. sorry. I just read your hey, note to me. Right. The, the read uh, is the read is literally in that same chat. It's right above what you just that. sent to me. Or did you not uh, see it
0: there? No, it's not. No, it's not. Anyway, Ken's point stopped like a car dropping an anchor in the middle of the road. <laughs> um, but, uh, hey, I, I agree with it. Here's one of the reasons why um, both goals, the Jets score tonight, are the result of chaos in front of the net. And it's funny you were talking about uh, earlier on uh, the, the goal that um, Duchesne scores and how there's four Jets surrounding him. You could throw a blanket on and none of them get him. The funny part about that is the drive to the middle by, by Vladdy Nemesnikov on that goal. All four of those Dallas Stars players throw all of their attention at him. So it's funny, the error that the the Jets make is there's four guys around him and none of them get him. The error that the Dallas Stars make is there's four guys around him and all of them go for the same guy and leave Cole Perfetti wide open. Great play by... uh, Again, Nikki Ehlers, who I thought was the best Winnipeg Jet tonight, that's a pass off the goaltender. Later on, it was said by Cole Perfetti that, you know, Wedgwood had been giving up rebounds, so that he was yeah. expecting exactly what happened to happen there in that situation. But if you think about the Jets' other goal as well, Scott Wedgwood does not see that puck. It's a seeing eye puck, but it doesn't go in if Scott Wedgwood can see that puck. And follow in front of the
1: the D-man. Because of the
0: chaos that the Jets are creating in front, that's how you generate offense. I know I talked a little bit about it, and maybe you worry, or I worry a little bit about the fact that the Jets really seem to be a rush team, and that kind of disappears as the year goes on. The two goals they have tonight are an example. Yes, one of them is off the rush, but it does not get scored if the Jets aren't grinding to the front of the net the way they've been doing. So I agree with you. That, to me, is the TCB uh, goal, of the lamplighter of the night. Ken, all you out there, you know what to do now. You share with us your lamplighter of the game. You do so, and you will automatically be entered to win a frosty, delicious APAC pack of lamplighter, Amber ale. Ken, I went down to uh, meet up with a friend today and got stopped by a fan of the show mm-hmm, who did. was drinking a lamplighter, and he said, Frosty? frosty <laughs> and delicious it was his birthday he wanted a picture he threw it up but yeah. i loved it he said i'm having a frosty delicious lamplighter so don't take my word for it take the guy whose birthday it was today and i talked to him in the concourse and had a picture of he and his wife big fan of the show ken he told me to say hi to you so i'm doing that right now but yeah, listen, he sent you me you share as well yeah happy so birthday. birthday happy birthday all around yep good work so anyways, if you can't wait for Ken and I to gift you your very own eight pack of Frosty Delicious Lamplighter Amber Ale brought to you by our friends at Transcanner Brewing Company then go see them at Transcanner Brewing Company. Join them in their tap room where we will be hosting our Kenny and Rennie December to Dismembered, December to Remembered our Christmas slash holiday party it's going to be a blast. want to see you down there at 11290 Keniston where you can go in between now and then grab yourself an eight pack of Lampy or any of the great delicious beers they have there Pizza, Appies, everything's great. You know the deal. Head on down there. And now I'm proud to announce it, it's ladies' night here on KMR. We love to see that because the ladies who jump into the chat room, some of you guys in there, you're a ferocious group. So when the ladies come in there and start throwing elbows to make their way, we love to see it. So we love to see that Lynn Reimer is the winner of the lampy the lamp lighter uh from our last show congrats to her you know what to do direct message me or ken uh and send us your full name and your email address and we will send you your very own uh voucher for a frosty delicious eight pack of lamp lighter amber ale brought to you great job Phyllis. brought to you by our friends at transcan brewing company thanks for that ken uh before we go as well uh to give me your johnson group got gotcha you covered play of the game
1: yeah, I think Nino Niederreiter had an excellent blocked shot that I really uh, appreciated, and you were thinking the exact same thing. But uh, classic ready fashion, you sent it to somebody other than me. Who did you actually send it to? So oh, did you uh, ever figure that was- one out? <laughs>
0: I told you it was a friend of mine. I went down to see. So he had just texted me. He's like, hey, come see me in the second intermission. So I did. And then after that, he made that play. And I was like, oh, Nino for sure has got, got you covered tonight here. And then you sent it back to me. And I was like, why are you sending me what I already sent you? And then I looked at you and you're like, I sent it to somebody else. But uh, I love that we're getting that in real time. Yeah, I exactly. People are fired up. We're sending out the Twitter, the, the tweets, and all those different kind of things in real time when a play happens. And you're like, that's the Kenny and Rennie Johnson Group OG got you covered play of the game. We love that kind of stuff. We appreciate you doing it. I know that our sponsors appreciate it as well. So big shout out to the Kenny and Rennie OGs at Johnson Group. Do you have a small business in Canada? Well, look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, the Chamber's Plan, to give you a competitive edge. Chamber's Plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca and... Uh, and you can get all the details that you need there. Thanks to the Kenny and Rennie OGs. That's probably it for us. Can we should get out of here? Thanks for everybody for showing up. Awesome here. Awesome stuff. I know yeah. Thing to do for us to disappear from the game for so long, and I know a lot, a lot of people are celebrating what the Bombers do uh, or did. So I really appreciate you showing up here. I wanted to bring this up here because she said it a couple times here. Speaking of Ladies night, Kim Sawchuk uh, says Rennie's relentless optimism <laughs> is refreshing. I know Kim thought of me in years past as a little bit of a Debbie Downer when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets. And this year, she seems to think that I'm very optimistic. Now, you have to ask yourself this question, Kim. Has Rennie changed and become optimistic or have the Winnipeg Jets changed and deserved Randy's optimism, that's the question. Uh, anyways, I leave you to ponder that. And the rest of you, I say to you, uh, thank you so much for showing up. And I wanted to say, if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space, please, please appreciate contributions and our sponsors uh, because they are fighting to keep this conversation going in this space. For us, that's Vittorio Rossi, the Johnston Group, Cambrian Credit Union, Sweet Lou Ferlin, Pristine Roofing, The Keg, and of course Canada Brewing Company. Thank you to them. Thank you to all of you. We can't wait to do this all over again. Another big game coming up for the Winnipeg Jets as they welcome the somewhat banged up uh, New Jersey Devils. Either way, it's going to be a good game, and we promise we'll put on a good show for you afterwards. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the Bombers' victory, and enjoy the rest of your night.